Welcome to Lion Tales. We're here to start a dialogue about us, for us, and for them if they're interested. So we don't profess to know it all. We don't profess to get it right. But we have a passion to learn. Join us. Teach us some things. We'll teach you some things. Let's go. All right, yo, welcome to episode number two. Um, I'm super excited this episode, but, I mean, the first one was fun. It was fun. I mean, what y'all think about it? It was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. It, it just the vibe, the whole vibe just, you know, I, I felt a lot of camaraderie between us. I, I learned I learned a new word. Autodidactic. <laughs> That's what I was about to say, right? We were, and we she were over here talking about, you know, education and shit, and I learned a new word. I was saying that I don't have, I really, really hate school, which is why I remember when we were starting, I was like, not a lot of seriousness, not a lot of academia, because I was telling Day Day, there's some people like me who want to know shit, right. but I don't. I want to know it autodidactically. I made I that up. Don't even, say it didn't say it. I can't even say it, so I didn't practice it. But I'm super excited about this episode. I'm excited it's about this episode. It's called The Divide, right? And the reason I'm excited is, is really talking about you know, the diaspora, the divide in the diaspora, you know, the model minority. Are we really the model minority? So I'm, I'm pumped. Um, Dated. I mean, I love to get your perspective on, you know, the the, the divide. Yeah, I think. Well, uh, what is it actually? I think for me, you know, when when this was one of our topics, it took me back to being a child, my childhood. Um, my parents were like the first generation of immigrants to America from uh, Nigeria, post-colonial immigrants to America in Nigeria. My mother came from Trinidad, mm-hmm. and this is in the seventies and in the seventies mm. being African wasn't like really a cool thing to be. You know what mm. I mean? You're the first generation of uh, Africans to come to America. You're not a model minority. You're, you're probably below the black uh, African American community, you know? Uh. So I was born in 79. Um, I was raised like in New York. Then we ended up in Morgantown, West Virginia. Right. And, um, because my mother and father both did their uh, the graduate fuck? degrees there. Oh. Yeah, my mother did a master's degree <laughs> like, at WVU. My dad got his PhD from WVU. <laughs> okay. So I ended up in Morgantown, West That's Virginia. That's one thing about Nigeria and cut you off. Like, education? They don't go yeah. any, anywhere and get some fucking education. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a model minority thing, right? Yeah. That's, that's when that's I first what, became... That's what, exactly, because yeah. Nigerians... No, no, education is the, the most important thing to... Yeah, You're here for that specific purpose. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and I think, like... For me, for the divide, and I, I really want to delve into that, and I'm going to, when when you get further in, as someone who lived here, like, what they told you about Africa, and we talked about this a little bit in the first episode. Right. The, and I think about this, because there's this movie, The Gods Must Be Crazy, right? So when you think about the divide. The one and, and two. And, yeah, I'm thinking mm-hmm. about the first one, because I, I got a little bit hip in my understanding of shit before I watched the second one. Mm-hmm. I watched it when I was in elementary school. I'm like, this is funny as shit. No, it was racist as shit. That was always what you were exposed to here. Mm -hmm. So your understanding was from a place of ignorance, driven by the ignorance of white colonialism. In that movie, a pilot threw a bottle out of a plane, and when the the bottle hit wherever they were in Africa, Uh the people were like, the gods must be crazy, and so a guy goes on a trek on foot to walk to the ocean to throw the bottle back. And it is so racist and so fucked up, but that's what we heard our whole life. So it wasn't even me thinking, am I connected to these people? I was like, man, they think a Coke bottle is from Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) And so basically you're saying like the propaganda or whatever it is here and how they marketed Africa and the people are African is a 
It drives a divide because uh, yeah, they. Right. Could you imagine, like, because I think about this too with the divide, and this drives me crazy to no end. And you guys will post links like we did before. Africa on maps. You know how big of a fucking continent Africa is, but it looks smaller than North America and South America and all that shit. One point three. No, no, the physical and size. The physical oh, size. The physical you size. know that they misrepresent the size of on it purpose. on a map. Yeah. It should be much bigger. They have actually shrank the continent. So in Yo, every approach, like, yeah, no, no, yeah, in every approach, I'll put, I'll share the link with you. They always minimize and make Africa and anything coming from Africa less than, and, and that is what they, they taught you in this country. Bigger, right? Proportionally wow. bigger. So there's this one question that's burning for me that I really want to know, and I want us to like dive into it and just be, you know what I mean? So there's this thing like Africans don't like African Americans, right? And Africans are like. They don't like us. Right. That's, that's... It, it was the first time that I actually heard that Africans don't like, I mean, African Americans don't think African don't like them. Right. But remember, because I told you that, it's like, I think that part of it is uh, what you said, right? And so one thing that I think about it is, here's what I want folks to know, because we talk about the divide, and I always say positive outlooks produce positive outcomes. So let's talk about the commonalities. Or let's talk about where we supported one another. One of the big reasons that that people were able to come here in the 70s and you saw that uptick in African immigration from all places in Africa mm-hmm. is the civil rights fight that African Americans had, right? Mm-hmm. Before that fight, immigration by and large was closed to that continent. You know how much harder, and it still is incredibly hard to get in, to get and in. there's right. quotas and stuff. Right. It was much closer to impossible before we fought for our rights. And right. so... Part of the narrative, like, you laughed and we talked about the other episode, on the first episode, when Aunt said, oh, well, Africans think we're lazy. And you said, yeah, they do. And I just want, <laughs> I think for the part, that part of the divide, I want you to delve into that. <laughs> that No, it's interesting. So, I can give you from my African perspective. Why do y'all why, think we're lazy? Well, hold on. It's a whole bunch of things. So, the the perspective is, if I have to go through, like, for me, take me, for example, right, where I was a refugee and I live in exile for so many years, like poverty and all that stuff, and I get opportunity to come to this country. So my mindset is like, you know, I have all the opportunity in this world, there's government assistance, whatever it is that I can take advantage of to become better. Whereas you're in Africa, you pretty much, it's almost impossible. If you're not, there is a gap, right? You're either rich or you're dirt poor. There's no middle class, right? So, and so access to resources is just not there. And when we come here, and you're like, damn, all this shit that's available to, you know, these motherfuckers. And how come I am taking advantage of it? So that that's kind of some of the theme. That's the reason why they're like, oh, they're lazy. They're not working as hard. But so can I, so I would like to say, and African brethren, West Indian brethren. So one thing is that people put an overemphasis and the overvaluation on that grind mentality. You're not supposed to work yourself to death. Part of what gets anyone in America to the point where they're super successful is they work themselves into a hole, into the grave. Mm-hmm. And we already did that here as as enslaved people, and we didn't get shit. So instead of being lazy, we built the agricultural structure of this country. The industrialized <coughs> North would not be there were it not for our labor. Yeah, but people, most people don't look at it historically. But like I think that. most just people have to look at it. Context. Even, in the, I mean, even in the current well, context. Go ahead, Data. I won't, get, I won't go back to, like, I was trying to finish the story I was telling you about, like, from my perspective. So I, I, I feel like uh, Alvin just touched on something, right? So we, my family immigrated here in the 70s. I grew up in the 80s when it was just new Africans and um, um 
and Caribbeans were new to America, right? So I think I had a perspective from both sides of it. Um, all the black kids really hated us for being African. You know what I mean? Yep. We got called African booty scratcher. We got called all of these names. My mother looked at the black community as like, they're lazy. What are, well, yes, she did. You know, we're here. We're, uh, I'm an immigrant woman from another country. I came here. I get a degree. Your father's able to get a PhD. How come, you know, uh, people in the community can't do those type right. of things? Right, and that, that's that's the thinking. Right, so right. I had, like, that perspective from both sides. It's like uh, our African side or Caribbean side is looking at the black community saying, like, you know, you guys aren't taking advantage of being in America. You're like, in America, this is such a big deal. And then also from the other side where, you know, uh, I was I got I got teased a lot for being African yeah. in first, African. second, third, fourth, fifth grade type, right. type stuff yeah. like that. I definitely so that, think that's, that's where true. that's from an African perspective. That's where a lot of the you know the issue right that contribute to the divide within the you know the community. That's where a lot of that issue comes from. And I think also that like when we say we sit different places in the diaspora, your mother grew up in Trinidad, mm -hmm. your dad grew up in River State, mm -hmm. Nigeria, your family grew up in Liberia. You had experiences where your path to education wasn't impacted by the fact that the color of your skin was black, True. right? And so by the time we get to our senior year of high school, like African booty scratch was horrible. I did used to say it because on all the commercials on TV and stuff, it was African <laughs> wow. people. And I did. Yeah, no, listen. Wow. Wait, let me finish. Listen. Yo. Listen, I did. It's elementary school, right? Oh, but wow. it's elementary school. Are doing well, if they hurt you, well, that's a Oh, well, I didn't do shit like that in high school, but I will tell you, too, that also on the other side, like, I got into it with African girls before, and this one girl, I'm not even going to name her country. Um, I know her country. And she's like, oh, honey, you African American women are so much lower than an African woman. Yeah. Lots of shit like that. Y'all do that too, and so like, like no, no, it's true. It's true. Y'all do that better. too. Right. No, she said. She said you're so far beneath an African woman. To me. Oh wow. Yeah. So I'm that's saying true. it goes both ways. Right. You just know it from the end that the that, gun was pointed that's at you. Interesting. Exactly because we right? just see it from our perspective. And I say to everyone, like, oh, like I have Lyft drivers. I'll get in a car. I talk to somebody African. They say, Where, "What are you?" I was like, "I'm African." Everybody African. And I'm, I've always done that. But I think when no, you... No, no, y'all, she's lying because she just said she called us African booty scratchers. Yeah, but... Because she ain't always done that. I'll, she got like, enlightened day -day, down the way. I was like seven or eight. Okay, all right. I didn't even know no Africans. So when I said African booty scratcher, I have never in my life That's said fair. that to an African person because you know where I grew up. There were no Africans. Right. There were people who probably were African, but you didn't even know. But let me tell you the other side of it, which is interesting, uh -huh. that for me, y'all are more successful, number one, because... African immigrants to the U.S. are the most educated immigrants that come here. So y'all already have an accelerated level of education when you get here. But And it's not That's all not countries. Always. It's not all countries, not, but I'm telling yeah. you for the Nigerians. No, no. Yeah, she's right. Yeah. As a, no, as no, a, Africans in general. She's and right. like the Ghanaians right. and the Nigerians, as a collective, that's true. They have more advanced degrees than any other immigrant group in, in the when world. When they hit the shores right. of the country. Right. So they are more educated. You don't have to go through the the... the earlier years of education in the U.S., but the other part of it, which I will say is is true as well, that it's a feeling that I get as an African-American, y'all are okay with showing active, subs not, I don't want to generalize, there is more of a feeling of active subservience to whiteness 
yeah, from, that shit from West me Indian off. and Africans. It, y'all, true. y'all will. So true. that shit that that shit that stop us from moving forward. I will say y'all are able to say let it roll off my back, and y'all will eat a lot of it. But we've been here for four hundred years. We ain't want to eat that shit no more. That's true. That's true. Um, uh, that's hard for me. I don't know. Like that's hard for me to just. Generalize that way. Well, I said not the whole group, but it's, but it's a true I, I think, thing. I, but this is your observation, right? And I think like it makes sense because the sacrifices you made to be here, and you're willing to, you know. And I think another part of this is like people are sending money back home. There's a lot of responsibilities back home, so they're willing to tolerate. A they're tolerating more. more stuff, but yeah. you said you and I said, hey, I don't want to say the whole group, but this is an observance, so no, no, no generalization. Right. right, right. But also, generalizations have truth in them. But second. You said that the thing that pisses you off the most when you're in Africa is that they be calling people boss, not oh, just, no, no, not yeah, just. So yeah. you and saw the, the you right. They have you, a call a lot. I feel like there's well, a lot. Let me of, finish. Uh, thank you, Dede. You see it too. Mm-hmm. So when you say, "Oh, I don't want to general," you already did it yourself. No, it's no, a thing. I, I think it's, it's a, a thing. thing. Like when I traveled to Africa, uh, I feel like the language is still colonized. Right. You know, like to show me reverence, they're calling me boss, and I hate that shit. And everywhere I go and. In the British colony, uh-huh. everywhere I've been, and in, uh, in, um, in the Caribbean, in Africa, as soon as you get off the plane, they want to, you know, they want to show you love, so they're calling you boss man. Yeah. Like, yo, that shit's crazy to me. Don't and let me that. tell you too, because like in the Caribbean, which I go to St. Vincent and the Grenadines a lot, I have a friend there named Pat Joseph. I want to say her name here, um, because I love her. When the British royalty comes to those islands, they dress the kids up and stand them on the street. And the white people come through and stare at them like the way that people look at livestock and horses. But they are excited to do it. And that's the thing. I'm like, yeah, don't do this for these white people because right. these white people left y'all here and took all but y'all you, shit. You know, the, the crazy thing is, you know, you guys have lived here. So I'll, I'll take this back. When I came to the States, it was the first time in my entire life that, you know, I was black. Right, right. Um. You know, I've always been black. It was like, I was, it, it's known. Every, everything around me is black. So right. when I came here, it's like, oh, shit, I'm the minority in terms right. of race, right? Right. So that fucked with me a little bit for us to get used to that. And right. then, so think about it. Remember I was telling you where, you know, I had a talker team at A&M, Alabama A&M, and we were segregated in terms of, like, you know, the where we're from. So when you come to America and the people who look like you, and you're trying to connect with them, and they're telling you, get the fuck away from me. You, you know, like, you are pretty much beneath me, right? So that creates friction. I think right. that's right. one of the reasons why, you know, there is such a huge divide, right? Where, you know, african Is it that big as a huge, though, do y'all think? I think that it's I think, I think it that's definitely huge on both sides. Like, huge in an invisible way, if that makes sense, is that people aren't even thinking that we should be connected. They'd be like, them motherfuckers is from Africa. I'm from the United States. You're that, not but, from the United States. But they're not States. calling nobody African booty scratcher anymore. Not anymore. See what I mean? No. So, like, that, yeah. there but is that, that kind of... But that just stopped because you have exposure to... I mean, they don't call people niggers no more. Same kind of shit. But I think it can be the same kind of thing, but I think there's just more acceptance, too, because there's more immigrants, there's more exposure and stuff like that. What what I what I, I think I'm just, I think the divide is shrinking relative to when I was a kid. True, true. I think but that that's what true. I that's what I, what I think true. is is holding on to it. Mostly now, I think it's being flipped. Is the African thinking that African American are lazy? And I and is that I, true. <laughs> well, no, Daddy, because look at your point. Remember when you uh-huh. said this? You said that your mom had all those things to say until right. she tried to raise. Oh a yeah, until so she raised us, and then she saw the reality. 
Yeah, yeah right, when she saw right. the reality, she right. was like, wait a minute, they right. ain't all fucked up. And I think that that's like autodidactic education, right? Is yeah. because she moved from that thought right. because she, like, you are of Trinidadian right. and Nigerian descent. And she had but to lose you two grew sons. up here. Right. And that made you. Right. Like you were born here, so you're a first generation African American right. of descent from those places, right. and you got that whole full African American experience. Right. Where the police gonna right. fuck with you? Right. Listen, you talk to me. You talk to me. I was in the gifted and talented program in mm-hmm. my in my county, right? Right. Um, they used to try to make me take home ec. They used to try to steer me away from college. Right. Nobody was doing that to you in Africa. Nobody was doing that in the West Indies. Right. But they're trying to steer. African Americans into this it's space where we are less than right. them because they believe that of us. Right. So when you think about in those older days, it was like, hey, African Americans thought of us as less than them. The entire system, that's why systemic racism and systemic injustice has to be addressed. Because right. all that all that happened in America was there is a hierarchy. And it wasn't even, I don't even think it was necessarily, oh, Africans are lower than us, right? It was white Americans, Asian. Hispanics, African Americans, immigrants, <laughs> nah, right? I, I thought it. I mean, it was very specific. You were exactly. talking to we, we you were talking like to we're, black people, exactly. but but listen to what, what I'm telling you, you. No, no, no. Go ahead. But this is what I was telling you is that you felt it as an African descent person or for right. a Liberian. You were like, oh, the black people. I'm telling you that the hierarchy was not set up by us. They did it, but they weren't doing it. They did it because you were African, right? But it was because of the system. They would have done the same thing, like how Mexicans are treated, right, so, or anything like that. So that was a burning question for me because really I didn't realize that, you know, there, there was really a divide, right, where African-American or black folks in America think African don't like them. Right. And Africans are like, nah, they don't like us. And, you know, so we know that's a thing. But how do we... What do we do to address what it? What do we do to address right. it, right? Because for me, when you broke it down, I ain't going to lie. So I was in that court like, you know... If I can't survive being a refugee for so many years and come here without education, I came here when I was 15 years old, and I went straight to high, high school, right? Mm-hmm. From the age of 7 to 15, you I went to high school. You could do that. What the fuck is wrong with exactly. African-Americans? You know Lazy what I mean? And then I can, I can over, <laughs> and, right, I can overcome that. So I used to think like that. My mindset was like that until you broke it down for me. But think about this, and, and like, your children are of uh, African-American, right? that they did this study of African-American kids in the U.S. and the exposure to that racism and stuff, and they have PTSD levels at the same level as a soldier returning from war. It actually changes slavery, changed molecules in African-Americans' brains. Mm. So literally, we have a genetic reaction to enslavement, right? right, that you don't have other places because the white people left the West Indies for the most part. And in Africa, actually, I think in certain places in Africa, they're still um, colonialized. That moment is coming there. It already started happening in South Africa, a long way to go. But that moment is coming certain places, right? Right. Um, And so I think, like, I did want to tell you, too, because some of it wasn't the African booty scratcher. You told me 
that you thought Walmart was a high-end store. Some of it was because you was going in Walmart buying shoes, Alvin, and you fly as a motherfucker now, but some of that was not even <laughs> about I mean, when you come, when you don't scratching. have anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, no, it's true. All right, so let's, right. let's talk about this idea. It is a high-end store to certain No, 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 people. I know that. I was making like a joke. Like, some white that people was, in Kentucky might only shop at That was levity. Exactly. It, is, it is not a high-end store at all, even if that's someone's <laughs> perspective. Alvin funny. don't buy no more fucking shoes in Walmart. First of all, I'm going to say this again. The, the motherfuckers' doors flip up, okay? Oh, we ain't going to say that. No, no, no. Hold on. We're not going to talk about that. Alvin is doing the same. Alvin is talking about yeah. No, but so, that's no, part no, no, of bridging the no. divide, Alvin. Look at flex. this African. Yeah. Let me connect with this Liberian motherfucker because no, he got it going on. Materialistic stuff. I know that right. it's not. But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Building Airbnbs in Jamaica. We know that it exists, right? And you heard him. We, Don't ignore that. You heard him. <laughs> so how do we how do we how do we address it? Address it and yeah. start that conversation. Yeah. So let's just talk about yeah. that quickly because right. I have one more thing that I know, think I that it's part of what we're doing now. We're gonna have our blog. We're gonna have that. We have to make this as routine to people as getting the new Jordans. Right. That it is a what I call business as usual behavior. Right. It's something that you just do as a best practice as opposed to things like, hey, I'm gonna go learn karate. Right, that this should just be a part of who everyone who is from of African descent does. I think the way to change that is going back to what we were saying in the first episode: is the Black Panthers had school. This is the beginning of school. Mm. How do we build programs like after-school programs? Right. You do a lot in education to learn about African to learn history, about your and, st- and then yeah. bring us all together in the same and place. Do a field trip I, I think, like another thing, a very simple thing is just to acknowledge that this is true and that both sides are culpable. You know, Tanya, you know, said, hey, when I was younger and I didn't know any better, I used African booty scratcher because this is what I, I was, this is what I was I'm sorry, y'all. It's sorry. all good. It's all good. Nah, speak for yourself, bro. <laughs> He's salty. <laughs> yeah, I'm salty. I let that shit and go then, a long time ago. Alvin, Alvin also acknowledged, like, you know, uh, prior to having a conversation with um, Tanya, I was, I had uh, a certain perception of African Americans, and if I can come here as a refugee from a war and get a PhD and have a successful career, how, how come so many African Americans can't achieve that? So, you know, those two perspectives and just having conversation and, uh, uh, Tanya was able to, you know, educate Alvin and um, give him, and change his perspective. So I think, you know, just acknowledging that this thing exists, that it's real, both sides are culpable, and changing both sides' perspectives is an important part of it. We so, should have more sex with each other, too. <laughs> I'm, I'm not tripping. Listen, I said that. Listen, listen, I said that. No, listen, I said that. I'm not going to deep dive into that, but I really mean it seriously and truthfully, right? Like, right. people have all these misperceptions. I said we flew into the gala. I kept telling my friends at the gala, the them, I, I'm a woman. I don't like women, you know. Them, them African booties bouncing left okay, to right. I grew up, I grew up on booties. That's why I like. I that's why I like yeah. booties. Nah, I'm from the south. They got booties here. Took, I'm just I saying took my the Jamaican commonality. to Liberia. We got off the plane, and this guy, in an hour, and he looked at me. He said, "Yo, out." Nine out of ten women I seen the ass and then what y'all feeding these women? I you see, see the I'm jeans, making... bro. See the jeans. But you uh... think it's a joke? It's not. How, what are the ass. things? Yeah. What are, but, <laughs> no, but I'm saying, what are the things that we have in common, right? Like that is a commonality. Like and and the, and our booties got diluted a little bit because we came over here and slaves. Holders was raping people, right? I don't know, bro. I was but in the club last night got... and I seen some ass. <laughs> but some of them wasn't. Re- some of them <laughs> wasn't was a... real. You think they were fake? Some... Well, some there's Man, always some fakeness. Bro, yo, 
But I'm right, just saying it was so a joke back out, topic. but that's a very... It's not off topic, no, 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 This no, is no, a very no, real... It is, it is. Sex brings people together. No, I'm not disagreeing with that And that's also a commonality, right? right? Yeah. Is that right. everybody looking... Well, I don't know about everybody. I'm always here for a big, black, beautiful man. And the likelihood for that to come from Africa is greater than anywhere else. Send them my way. And then I'm going to go ahead and educate the, world, the masses. Like, <laughs> I know you're kind of joking. You're de- not I'm joking, joking too, I'm, but I'm serious. But, you're serious. but like in in Nigeria, for example, like they used to bridge, uh, they used to settle clan disputes or family disputes by marriage. You know what I mean? Somebody, the in, yeah, yeah. A if, lot you're of real thing. Thing. if you date an African man right? or you date an African woman, whatever country, you're gonna absorb some of their culture. There's yeah. things you know about Mexico. I mean, right? so I, I've yeah. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> so I, I let, ended it there. So, but so we're going to close the divide. Let, no, let's talk, no, 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 no. Let's talk there about it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Why that can't work? You're tripping. Honey, right. it's How we going to facilitate it's, this? Are we going to do like yeah. an African uh, dating Data site? Data site. So we're going to do an African dating site. A diaspora dating site. Yeah. African Americans and Africans. It's going to be a hinge for Africans. Hinge for Africa. African American slang dangling. People want to get into that. Yo, is there something out there already? Because if we there find is black, something, we can plug it. But it's not it. focused on connecting the diaspora. Okay. But there is black, B-L-C-K, I think. Which so is I want to talk about this model minority, right? Um, first of all, what is it? You know what I mean? No, no. First of all, do we think it's a real thing? Does it really exist? Within... I think that, that for the U.S. I think so. But this, what is it first? And do we think this What do you exist? think the model minority think, is? This is my idea, right? And I'm not sure if you guys agree with me or not. I think that... We all know that a model minority exists within the U.S. context because we would look at Asians, South Asians, and East Asians as model minorities because disproportionately they're represented in like tech and medicine or dentistry or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm th- what I'm my idea of the model minority within the Black community is, um, and we've already talked about this is how uh, a lot of immigrants uh, from Africa and and the Caribbean are doing better. Edu- in terms of education and career and financially than people who were born in America, Afri- African-Americans born in America. Is you that true? You moved to other places, it's true, but there's one of them is outsized. Which one is it? The African. Uh, African. Right, right. Right. And the- I think there's, a, Tanya talked about this earlier. Uh-huh. She said that um, the reason is because Africans are the highest educated immigration uh, migrant group in the world, and it's not even close. Like, it's, it's not even disputable. Even more educated than the t- traditional modern minorities who are the... Um, East Asian and South Asians, and, and so that's but, wild. So a lot of people. Let don't me just know say that. this one thing real quick. Did and also the cost, no. the cost of immigration from Africa is more expensive than anywhere else in the world. So the chances that people who immigrate from Africa to America, the chances of the, doing that, that means you have money, you have access to resources. So the only the like you know the wealthy people, not only the wealthy people have it, but like it's hard to do if you're broke in Africa to get to America. That's but you that's know true. that's true, and I think like. But you do have populations that are coming from, like, conflict and stuff. Right. But one thing that, about the model, so obviously, and I said the first episode, and I'll say this ad nauseum, model minority, minority, whatever, I don't know if you can call it model non-white people because everything about me is major. major. I'm going to say that right. every time. Right. We are also the largest group in the world, people of color. We're probably, you said last time, like 50% of global to, population. Yeah. Somewhere, I'm going to go fact check that and. And see exactly what it is in the third episode. Talk about it. But we're major, and all of that stuff is very specific to the U.S. But also, when you look at why do white people consider Asian people a model minority, it comes back to something else that I said, which was they're like, they believe that they are more pliable 
Right. And it's easier for them to control them and get them to do the things that they want them to do. They, they, part of them being the model minority, their negative thing on them is they're like, they're subservient mm. and weak. And that is not true of Asian people. I mean, This is right? a perception of that, this. But that, is, that is what the white people right. say, but right. all of that stuff works for them because their goal for any of the groups is what is your utility for me? Right. So they find the most utility in Asian people. And it's a different thing with the immigration. A lot of my Asian friends said their parents, they, they come and they tell you, assimilate. Take on the behaviors right. of Americans. I mean, that's what we do. Yeah, yeah. So right. But can you assimilate? Y'all can't assimilate. Black. As, y'all right. can't assimilate the same way because right. people will, white people will fetishize and marry Asian women, and, and they will fetishize y'all and the thing I just said about sex. But yeah. they're gonna do it with y'all at a hotel and then go back to whiteness. Not all the time, but most of the time. But within our group, African immigrants are the model arm of the diaspora. Africans are the model arm of the diaspora, but I don't know that people within the diaspora know that. We talk about it, oh, I see what but you're saying. just like, like he's like saying. how educated yeah, Nigerians yeah. are, and you right. just said, oh, I just found out Not just Nigerians. Nigerians are the most, no, but I was saying that right. they're the most educated by right. far. I'm talking to a specific point. Right. And you said, and I said, did you know that? You said you didn't. No, I didn't know. So people within the diaspora, they're not thinking of a model group, but I will tell you for me and, one of my friends, she's a doctor, and she works with two doctors of African descent, Nigerian. Those two families bought a house together. Right. They're both doctors because they're gone on call and stuff so much. And my friend always says, whatever you see African people doing with their finances, Follow you should them. do it. That's funny. <laughs> oh, really? Hey, uh, yeah, it's true. Alvin, Alvin it's is true. a, a perfect you. example. It's true. Yo, I just met Alvin. I, just, I was telling my mother, I was like, yo, uh, I can't wait to soak up game from him because, like, you know what I'm saying? Because I like He was talking Africans. about uh, angel investment yesterday. Yeah. I was like, you an angel investor? He's like, bro, you getting it, you know? <laughs> right, building, that's what I'm Building Airbnbs in Jamaica, you know? Yeah, listen, y'all His car do is things, an investment. It looked like it's, like, you know, for fun, but it's a it's collector's investment. piece Y'all do now. things with right. y'all money and, and stuff. And, and it's also the collective, right? Because those two doctors live together. They weren't related. Right. In the South, African Americans tend to live together more. Right. Y'all have more patience. There's this whole thing in America which also makes African Americans less successful. First of all, people are like, when you're 18, you're getting out. Or when people be real excited, hey, he got his own place. Like, I was telling my friend... He was like, he's 30, he doesn't have his own place. I said, that should not be the concern. Because that man's smart. Why are he spending all his money on a rental, mm -hmm. right? Live collectively. Mm -hmm. We find things negative mm -hmm. that make y'all more prosperous. And mm -hmm. part of that is driven by the fact that they're like, we were slaves, we ain't had no houses. It's, now it's we gonna... the mindset. It's, right. the, it's mindset. the mindset. So they're like, yeah. we didn't even have our own houses. Then they had us in shacks. They gave us their old clothes. So they're like, proof that we have made it, proof that we have overcome is that I have my own apartment. I want to say uh, one more thing. I think another thing from my perspective, the way I see it, people who immigrate are already different than people who don't immigrate. You see what I mean? Mm, it takes a lot. That. It takes a lot for somebody to say, I'm going to pack up and leave my whole country, leave my whole family, leave everything I know. But sometimes they go. don't have a choice. Well, now, like, I'm not Alvin talking about the people who don't have a choice. I'm talking about the people who do have a choice. Right. right? So I'm not talking about uh, people who are in refugees or anything like that or just come along because their family came along. But the type of uh, entrepreneur mindset it takes the type of uh initiative it takes to leave someplace even if you think this place is greener even making that leap of faith is it takes a special kind of person yeah. to do that but you know interesting um you said something to me and i think it was either you erica or um i talk a lot i bet it was me no no no, no. so <laughs> 
when we were talking about Day, this, by the this, way. this mindset in terms of like Africans and why they're more successful when they come here, um, and you said, think about it, right? You were getting it was your day day. You were getting the cream of the crop in terms of like yeah. mindset, yeah. right? Like the people who are coming here, they're the already brain drain. The brain exactly. Drain. They're like, yeah. I'm going to do everything I can to be successful. Right. So when they get here, they're going to find all the avenues that they can to get to that level. Whereas, and then you're they're looking at them and looking at, you know, because you know within every society you have some lazy people, you have some you know folks who are going to work hard. So they're just looking at everybody as this one bucket. Whereas, you know, this is the the cream of the crop, right? Like mindset wise, grit and all that. What what's your perspective on it? Well, I, first of all, y'all parents like they talk about the tiger moms. Remember our old boss? I remember because she only had her MBA, got an MBA at Wharton. She was a VP at Waywatchers, VP at Chase. You talk to her Nigerian father, and he's like, she never completed her education. He was like, she was a yeah, loser. Yeah. <laughs> he was really upset about that. So some of it is maybe not even necessarily a good thing. It is pressure. Yeah. From the parents, yeah. Pressure. And it's not I just that. Example, I got my PhD, and my mom was like, when are you going for the second one? I was like, yeah, funny. <laughs> second? I yeah. am booked out. <laughs> And then if you disappoint an African mom, because I have to say this, and I'm like, my mom going, mm-hmm. but, hey, like yeah, nobody, funny. hey, yeah. that thing, that is one of my favorite things about African moms is that when they get mad, hey, that I, noise. I had a culture shock. Who want to hear that? Who want to hear that your whole shot. life? Yeah, I had a culture shock when I came here, right? So education in Africa, while we're on this topic quickly, when you misbehave, you know, in, in school, you get, beat. You get your ass whooped by the, the yeah, teacher. Yeah, the principal the teacher. Fine. Yeah. And then your mom's going to whoop your ass, too. Yeah. Right? We used to do this thing where every morning we'd do, um, you know, it's almost like an introduction. Everybody's standing in a single-file line, and then they'll do class announcement, school announcement, stuff like that. So all the back is, if you misbehave, <laughs> they'll put you in front of the entire school and whoop your ass. In front of everybody. In front of everybody, right? Yeah. Um, so authority, like if you're a teacher or whatever it is, like you had the authority to do whatever. Yeah. When I came here, and the kids were talking back to the teacher, it was I was shocked. I was like, oh my god! Like, are you supposed to talk to? But what about the other side of it? Yeah. I'm older than I keep saying that. So, but I went to school. I started school in 1980. They still beat kids in school here, and but yeah. the difference was like they had called home once and they said they was gonna swoop, whoop my sister. And my dad was like, you know, he was like, them white motherfuckers ain't about to whoop my kid because it's white people beating little black kids in school in America. Mm. And ain't nobody going for that shit. Some people did let the white people beat their kids, right? Mm. But a lot of us won't with it because it's a whole nother context. Like, I need to do corporal, isn't it corporal punishment? Corporal punishment. Your, your child needs corporal punishment. And my dad was like, fuck <laughs> that. Crazy. Yeah, like, you're not, like, it's everybody who was, in, I had, like, two black teachers in elementary school. My black teachers used to come to my house. They probably could have hit me and my parents wouldn't have said shit. But the white people at the school was not about to beat nobody's little black kids. That's a They were problem. still doing that when I was in. Uh, your parents had to sign off on it. My mom never signed yeah, off. Yeah, you on had to shit. sign wait, and wait, agree. Wait, wait, wait. Crazy. So they had to sign off. Yeah, you, you had to get, your get permission. Whoop? Your parents had to get permission for <laughs> In the West punishment. Indies, my friend Pat that I mentioned one day I was talking to her, like, girl, what are you doing? She was like, oh, I have to take Raisha over to the school because. Um, she has to get some licks. I said, what? That's crazy. She had an appointment <laughs> to get her ass whooped at school after school. <laughs> That's funny. I want to say something that's a little off topic, maybe. But, uh, earlier, um, Alvin said like he didn't realize he was black until he got to America. 
right? And that's the first time you were like aware of your blackness. Yeah. And I had like the opposite experience, which was, which was really dope. The first time I went to uh, Nigeria and I stayed there for like uh, the whole summer was the first time I, in my life I was ne- not even aware of my blackness until I came back to America. And didn't have to think didn't about it. Didn't even think about it. Like, as soon as I got off the plane, I'm like, oh shit, I'm black. And I was, I, and the, the thing about it was I never had the thought of being black in, in Nigeria ever. And same yeah. thing when I lived in Ghana, never, black never came to my mind. Yeah, I mean, I mean but, it's, Go ahead, go ahead. So you said something, you said something, and I think my experience, because I'm saying, like, I don't have immigrant parents, right? I I remember elementary school, and I'm so mad at myself about this, y'all, because I had the right thought, but you're going to laugh, but my outcome was poor. So we were doing The Wizard of Oz as our elementary kindergarten the play, play mm. like the end-of-the-year play. Mm. It's the big production. I wanted to be Dorothy. You know why? Because just like right now, I could talk better than every motherfucker in the class because I had... Said, I had like, just like right now, this is the class right. we have no, right no, now. But I'm saying What's just, she saying? But no, I'm not saying it like that because I talked all the time. Right. Because I always talked all the time. My right, grandfather, right. when I was two, was like, that's the most talkingest kid I ever met. But I talked all the time, so I was comfortable doing it all the time everywhere. So I was the best at the audition or whatever. I should have been Dorothy. And my teacher told me I couldn't because Dorothy was white. And you know who I was? The Wicked Witch. But and I said, but she, she white too? I said, but she green. That's, That's what I said, because I'm five. Yeah. And then I said, so when you think about, like, why don't we progress the same, whatever, I don't happen to me all the time. But I said, I'm going to go home and tell my mama. And she said, if you don't tell your mom, I will get you whatever you want, and you can eat that snack. Because she said a snack when everybody else had to take their nap in kindergarten. So I had Tootsie Pops. My friend was like, what the fuck? I had I tell an old I, I I said if you give me some Tootsie Pops I'll be okay with this. But it's the first time that I realized that even if I was better at something, people were not going to let me do it. And if that happens to you continuously, for some people it crushed their soul. Right. For me, I said I'm about to show up and show out everywhere because mm. you're going to give me mine. Yeah. And and my mother still laughs about it because I said, "Mommy, watch me," because the, the Wicked Witch melt. I said, "Watch me melt, mommy," because they they didn't. And I told on her anyway. Yeah. I melted, got a stand ovation. I never auditioned for another play again. I was the lead every time after that because it's what should have happened in the first place. But once I saw I could change it, but it's it's soul crushing. But that's the racism and, like, you know, that's what I think, you know, that's just the racism that you experienced. How old were you at that time? Five. And, you know, that was might be her first time, at, like, consciously experiencing yeah, it. Yeah. Then you that's the first time that I realized right. that my blackness it's going to be going to prevent me from right. doing things exactly. that I deserve to be able to do. It, it's so powerful. I mean, like, I grew up my entire life, you know, I'm black. That's it. I mean, I just... Oh, and it's a great thing. You know what I mean? There's something, I, I think I told you about this the other day, uh, why, part of this thing, right? So one, I think one of the things when, um, for me, right, I have a criminal history, uh, have some felonies, and it makes it hard to do, get jobs and do shit like that, right? And I said, man, I would have been better off if I would have came to America at 18 or 19, you know, or 20 or 21, right when I'm ready to hit the workforce because you don't have to deal with that type of shit. So I think that's another thing, right? I'm, I look at people who come to America, I'm like, bro, you got a whole clean record. You didn't grow up here where the police are trying to get you and, you know, do... Is that yeah, making sense? That makes sense because yeah, yeah. one of the things, like, and I'm not going to deep dive your thing, but one of the things that you caught a charge for, a motherfucker did something to him, mm. but day-day bigger, right? right? Yeah. So... And it's this whole thing behind it where Day Day shouldn't have had that charge. 
And then it's situations where, you know how many times, even when they were in high school, my brother's like, hey, the police pulled me over for this. Or yeah. My brother never, my brother got an A, one, one grading period in his entire life until he got to college. Mm. He graduated from high school with a 4.2, had a 1521 on his SATs. And, they, and he was uh, all district basketball. Mm. And they still treated him like he was going to rob stores and all type shit. I can remember Thanksgivings, police pulling people over. I listen. It, it's still there. I still get people who try to discredit my credentials, right? But it how? Would, what do you mean? Like you know, oh, you you really got a PhD? Oh, that's like, fine. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm like, yeah, from a from a very very good school. Why right? the fuck would you, you know? lie about that? Exactly. Like <laughs> you can check a, people's education. I mean, Why the fuck would you lie about that? No, no, no. You're so not that, Melania Trump. I mean, you're African, so, you're African ah. so I would assume you have a PhD. But listen, like, you know and, they, I mean? and, they, and they question that because we know right. that they likely to have the PhD. Yeah, but exactly. I made the joke about Melania, but this bitch says she went to college. It was very verifiable that she didn't graduate. <laughs> well, I felt like you were about to make a... Nobody but, questioned No, no, no. I'm talking about the divide because the point I was trying to make, the, and then you were getting there, when I got here, that was the first time I felt like I was black. So in order to close this divide, you know, I think people just need to go Fuck. to Africa or something. No. Just go visit, Tiny, bro. what are we doing? Well, she's How fucking. Fuck it. Huh? She, she fuck it. No, not for real. I There's think no place to go closer visit. together than fucking. You saying how do because we close the divide do, and come together? When you do, I know this. Every time I go back home, the feeling that I get from being home and just being just all black folks for the most right. part, it's, it's crazy. And sometimes I don't even want to come back. Well, you know, it's the reason that, like, I've been a remote worker and I go to the Caribbean so much because when I go down there and I tell people, even white people at my job, I feel freer and safer than I ever do in my own country. And I think the travel is true. Tastemakers is the Tastemakers, Tastemakers Africa. Africa. We'll yeah, put the curated, in. curated travel in Africa. But it's curated travel. And I would say, like, save the money and go because it made me a better person because there's things that I realized even about... West Indian culture, specific to St. Vincent and the Grenadine, mm-hmm. I am more open to things. I am more considerate of others. So even if your goal is to just see another country, it is going to change you. And if it is a country that is all black, mm. it is going to make you right. more secure. I'm always secure in my blackness, but it's going to make you even but, but I think black. you also have to travel because Americans travel very ignorantly and very disrespectfully. You know what I mean? So I think you have to travel. And what do you mean by expand that? on that? Yeah, I was about to say expand uh, on that. You know, how, no, do, you agree, do you agree with that, Tanya? Okay. Well, well, I mean, okay. what you mean by that? Okay, I think like uh, when I travel, I try to be as um, conform to the culture, you know what I mean? And, and try to fit in. And uh, I, So what I mean is I see a lot of Americans traveling and they're just like really condescending mm-hmm. in the places they go to. Um, you know, uh, they they're not there to absorb the culture. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They might be there. They might be there for uh, you know, um, as a retreat or whatever. So what I'm trying to say is just travel with an open mind. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If you're traveling to absorb, if you're going back to Africa, go there to absorb the culture and not to impose your culture on on local. You know, you bring up a good point because a lot of people do that when they travel to, you know, places they want to say, oh, I'm American. I'm bringing my American, you know, culture to that place, right? So, you know, for me, if we truly want to bridge this divide in the community, you know, go, I think it's the best thing. Go and just 
be around the people, learn the culture, learn about yourself, and you'll start to see like why you do certain things. Right. Um, just even one trip. You even know what one I mean? trip. Yeah, and I exactly. think even another thing because we 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 like to be aware that not everybody has access to the resources. That's to just true. Go. Uh, another thing is. Um, Find African restaurants or African clubs in your community or in your city or whatever. I think those are dope ways to, because for me, I think uh, music, food, and other uh, cultures more accessible sometimes. Mm -hmm. So we talk about the divide. Um, I mean, it was a great conversation. I think, you know, for the next one, we're gonna talk about code switching. What Ooh. is it? Right? <laughs> is that is there a thing? I think you know a lot of people don't even know if what code switching is. And what's interesting is like how do African code switch versus African American? Um, so that's the next episode. I'm super excited about it, and uh, it's a wrap, y'all. Yeah. No, no, no. What we gonna do? How we closing this divide, y'all? Oh wait, he didn't want to wrap. How we closing it? What's so? Yeah. I would say my piece. I think right. obviously I said the fucking. I said it in jest, but it's also true. <laughs> that's, that's I, I can't just say the fucking, so I'll say something else. Though, okay. right? Yeah, fucking always improves everything, <laughs> but. I think it's the travel. You have to travel more. Right. You have to, and I say this to people. I love travel. You can travel with no money. Read right. a book. Right. Watch a travel show. Watch some Nollywood, right? Read even a Wikipedia about a famous African person or a famous West Indian. You can travel. I did so much imaginative travel in my head waiting to get to the point where I could go the places I wanted to go, not Disney World and all that shit with your family. Right. Travel mentally. It's also, because I said it the last episode, it's good self-care. Right. Manifest that shit for yourself by reading about it. If you're not there yet, set a goal. Travel mm -hmm. is the first step. Because travel organically is going to literally and figuratively bridge the divide. I agree. Right. I, and, and I, I think, like, uh, like I said in the first episode, I think social media is a very powerful tool. Um, I have a lot of friends on on social media that are in other countries. And like, I used to do this thing called DDTV where I would travel and post a bunch of shit, and I'd be like, "Who wants I to host me that. next?" Right? And I like right now, I can go to Kenya. I can go lots of countries in the world and and be hosted by families I meet met on social media. You oh, know? And I've seen that happen the opposite. I've seen women come to Philadelphia and stay with women that they met online and they've been talking online for a couple of years and oh I'm so happy to meet you in person I've seen that happen before you know and it's happened for me in the other direction and your travel lessons the need for money wrap us up right because right? you it's huh. a place so, to stay so we say to break money. the divide right, exactly travel read a book Tanya you say the other you, one you can you say it fucking, you do it you said fucking well we gotta co-create okay <laughs> <laughs> we gotta, <laughs> gotta co-create <laughs> And then uh <laughs> you trippy. <laughs> and then uh social media. Connect yeah, with other connect you know, with people on social people media. In, in, yeah. in and other read, some books. read some books.